Okay, guys, so welcome to another very special episode. For this one, I'm very excited talking today with Jens Nielsen. Uh, he's a real estate investor originally from Denmark, where he worked various jobs for, at a young age. In 1994, he was offered a job in London, decided to take a leap, take a leap to explore, explore the world. And he got quickly transferred to the United States. As you see the flag behind me, I would love to be there. I would love to exchange the positions anytime. <laughs> so great country where he lives in there since 1996. So very long time. So after a successful career in telecommunications and IT, Jens shifted his focus from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur. Multifamily real estate investing seemed the obvious choice which it is for the most of the people who are watching this. Uh, so he provided, you know, by providing many benefits. So in 2016, he started investing and is currently the owner of 78 apartment units and mobile home lots in New Mexico and Colorado. So after, his, after the success as a KP, Jens has a co-sponsored multifamily syndications specializing in underwriting, due diligence, capital raising, and investor relations. In 2019, Jens raised $1.5 million for three deals totaling over 650 units. So, and again, the bios just continues. You know, it's, it's a great one. I'm going to put a full version for you guys who are watching this interview. You can read it through. It's some great, very interesting stats and, you know, the story. So, first of all, I just want to say a big thank you, Jens, for being today on the show. And I know you're going to bring a ton of value for the people who are watching. So, thank you very much. Hey, thanks, Martin. I appreciate the opportunity to come on today. It's uh, awesome to connect with people throughout the, you know, throughout the world and stuff. You know, just just because I'm in the U.S. doesn't mean that's the only place where you can invest in real estate. So uh, it's, yes, it's great, it's great yes, to connect, so. exactly, exactly. That's a good point. So again, for the people uh, who are brand new to you, again, they maybe they didn't see you yet until this interview. Uh, so maybe you can just tell your story a little bit, like how did you? moved from, cause again, there was a lot of big moves like from Denmark to London, from London to US and then being an employee and having right now this successful real estate business. So maybe you can take us throughout the journey. Yeah, so, you know, 1994, right? I mean, you can see I really look gray hair, so I'm probably a few years older <laughs> than you are, right? But, uh, and I was young and I was living in Denmark and I suddenly just got this opportunity to, to work for, uh, I was in telecommunication back then. I got an opportunity to go to uh, the UK, to London, and work in, in the telecom industry there. You know, it's like super exciting experience to just move to a big, I was in Copenhagen before, but to move to a you know, big city, to just go out there and explore the world and just take some chances that maybe I wouldn't otherwise have done having that, that opportunity come through, right? And I think sometimes we just gotta grab onto something that comes our way may be scary it may be unusual it may not be comfortable but if we if we go through our you know move through that uh, being uncomfortable for a while we have that amazing life on the other side so that was kind of like that already started there you know 26 years ago i guess mm -hmm. um so i was in london for a while and this was an american company i was working for and they uh, transferred me well they offered me the opportunity to come to the u.s and said hey we'll sponsor you we'll get your visa and, and everything else so there in, in 1996, I moved to uh, Maryland, in the East Coast of, uh, of the US, close to Washington, DC, you know, and that was a whole other world that kind of opened up to me because I hadn't really, I traveled here a couple of times, but nothing major. Um, 
So that was like, hey, I got the opportunity to go to, to come to the US. And that really opened a whole set of just a bunch of new opportunities because, you know, I came from Denmark and, you know, it's entrepreneurship and stuff like that. And, and this opportunity is a little bit different than what you have here. So I, um, you know, I got that job and I started really you know, traveling a lot through actually throughout the world. I've been like almost all through Southeast Asia, through Europe, through South America, doing that job. Super exciting. Um, but also one day I realized, hey, this is, this is a good job. But what I realized, what I hadn't done when I, before I left Denmark, I'd never actually gone to college. I had like a vocational education. So my boss was one of the most influential people early on in my career. Was, you got to go and get a degree. You got to get, you know, just, just get that schooling so you have the paperwork. Maybe some people will contest that now because how expensive it's gotten to go to college. But at least back then, you know, 20 years ago, it was fairly affordable. So, you know, got my degree, did everything I was supposed to do, master's degree and everything. And, uh, and just kind of, you know, just continue to work and save my money and, and do what you're supposed to do, right? That's kind of the, the model that we all taught uh, early on in the, you know, in the U.S. or in most European countries too, like, you know, get a job, work, save in your retirement accounts, and, and that's what you're supposed to do to be a good citizen. So that was kind of the whole, the whole start, right? And it wasn't until a few years ago that that mindset started changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, de- de- definitely agree. And there's more and more, like in the States, I mean, it's a capitalistic, you know, country, I would say so. I don't know, like you live in there, but people like I heard everybody saying it's a capitalistic mindset. And again, that's why I have the flag. It's because it just reminds me those two things that you mentioned. First of all, it's the freedom. It's, it's again, the freedom of choice. That's what I'm talking about, maybe more specific. And the second thing is opportunity. So like to be successful in anything in life, I think you need those two things like freedom of choice, you know, it's, it's very important. And have, first of all, you have to have an opportunity to, to have a freedom of choice. And yeah. that's, what, that's what the States provides. So what do you think, like, I mean, having this journey and just continuing, I mean, having, you know, uh, 78 apartment units currently, you know, I'm sure you have a big goal you know, in front of you, which we're going to discuss as well. But what tips you will give for the people who are maybe looking to get involved into multifamily syndication at some point, you know, in their future, like what is the stepping stones like towards this business? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe back up a little bit because, you know, I had for, for several years, this idea like, okay, why do I keep working for somebody else? Right. Because I kept, you know, every time I wanted more money, if I wanted better opportunities, I would go and find a new job. I was always relying on somebody else to give me more money, to give me a better opportunity. I never really had that mindset of saying, I got to go and create my own success, my own, you know, build my own dreams. And every time I thought of something, it was like, well, I could be an IT consultant or something, but that's just another job, right? It was never really that financial freedom that I think a lot of people are really, well, what's my goal is now, right? Um, so a few years, maybe four or five years ago, I was like, man, I got to do something. And I just started studying all these different opportunities. I was like, Hey, real estate, multifamily real estate, no question asked. That is the way to go. Right? Because, you know, you use, you buy something, you improve it, you improve the value, you use, you know, the bank's money, you use your investor's money and you have your tenants pay down your debt. There's just so many, so many advantages to multifamily real estate investing. I was like, man, that's the way I got to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it took a little while to get that, you know, change was between my ears to kind of just think about how can I rely on my own skills, my own abilities to create something versus working on somebody else's dream. So that was the big mindset shift really that four or five years ago. And, and then, you know, I'm a, I'm a very um, goal-oriented person and I really want to learn once I decide something, I'm just going to start reading books and if you got a stack behind you there, you know, my bookshelf, you can't see it here, but there's a ton of books, right? So I really just started, you know, so really, if you want to get into this business, you got to learn as much as you can, right? So I would listen to podcasts like your own. I would, you know, listen to read books around real estate investing. I would go to conferences. And then I also started getting educated. So I wanted, you know, I started joining like a mastermind slash um, coaching group because real estate investing is not difficult, but there's some very key things you need to understand so you don't get yourself into trouble, right? So that's the... You know, we want to make money, but we also want to play it sort of safe, right? Because if yeah. you make a big mistake, that could knock you out of the game. So. De- definitely. I mean, everybody, like time and time again, like everybody that I have on the show, every successful real estate investor is going to tell you guys who are watching, like you, you hear the same theme all over again. It's like the mindset, the mindset and, you know, importance of educating yourself, you know, getting that education as you mentioned throughout the books mentorships seminars events meetups i mean there's so many ways like podcasts there's so many ways right now that you can get all these free content before you go and and maybe and get a six-figure mentor you know that you can like podcast you know youtube content i mean there's so much information like bigger pockets blog posts i mean you name it there's like hundreds of thousands probably content pieces floating around of course you have to find the right um, the right people that you want to follow definitely. So you, you know, make sure that you do the due diligence, you know, when you, when you do that. Yeah. But mindset, mindset is clearly super important. What about the timing? You know, cause I, I asked this question, uh, fairly often now, you know, my guests and I, like you're, you know, like the, everybody's talking about upcoming market crash and, you know, Again, nobody has the crystal ball to tell when it's going to happen. But uh, for the brand new people who are looking to get involved into the business, either actively or passively, it doesn't matter. Because uh, again, if you're active, you know, again, like if you're having a full-time job, like you don't know what's going to happen with your industry. And if you're going to have a job, if you're going to start a business, there's kind of, you know, you know, there's scarcity there. If you're a passive investor, again, you have a business and maybe you just want to keep the, the cash for you. You want to keep the equity you know, in the business or, you know, just the cash in the bank and you don't, you, you're not going to be looking to be investing. So, and those kind of people, you know, what do you recommend? So invest right now before it happens or just wait it out and, and just invest, start investing in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So I have always been, you know, this, everybody's been talking about this crass for years. For a long right? time. Yeah. And if you've been sitting on the time on the sideline for the last several years, you've mm-hmm. lost a lot of opportunity there. Yep. So I have been of the mindset that, hey, continue to invest, but just be cautious. Be, be um, you know, conservative in your underwriting. Don't assume that rents are going to continue to go up. Like in some, we've seen some cities here where rents have been going up five or six percent. Don't assume that that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Underwrite and said, "Hey, we're going to just say it's two percent rent increase, which is kind of you know follow um, uh, inflation." Um, 
and just be, you know, look at who are you investing with, you know, what markets are they in, what's the fundamentals of that market, what's the, what's the property like, are you buying like a heavy value add where you're really relying on a lot of upside for the thing to work out, are you buying something more stable that's like, hey, if it just even operates the way it's operating now, we'll still make money on it and any upside is, is bonus, right? So that's kind of the, you know, and also your debt, is your debt long enough so you, you know, so you don't have to sell it in a few years if the market is kind of in the tanks a little bit. So those are some of the things we do. And also it's interesting, if you look back, you know, 2008, 9, 10, which was obviously the one thing that's on most people's minds, the delinquency of large multifamily, you know, large, you know, 100, 100 plus units was like 0.5% or something. It was very, very low. Yeah. You know, if you have good agency debt, good underwriting, your risk is very small. I know a lot of people got crushed in like single family and small multifamily and everything else because they didn't really know what they were doing. But large multifamily, by all means, went, did really, really well um, during that crash last time, right? So, and there's a huge demand for affordable housing, for workforce housing, you know, that class C, C plus, B minus. This is kind of what we focus on. So, I don't know, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, if I have a crystal ball and I could tell you what's going to happen, but. I, I still feel like you can't just wait for this crash because, and then especially if things are going, who everybody's then scared of investing too, right? Yeah. Your mindset is going to be, oh, I don't want to put money into the market right now because everything is in the dumps. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you for that. Thank you that you clear, cleared this out. And guys, you, you, you heard time and time again, it's almost the same, same advice that all these people are giving, just like Ian's did. They're saying just go and do it right now. I mean, you know, there's never, you know, a good time to go and invest. So why, why you just, you know, educate yourself and, and start doing right now. So yeah. maybe we can expand a little bit about underwriting because I know you spe specialize in it. So again, just uh, like maybe you can cover what's going on in the market again with baby boomers moving south, like all of that situation. And when it comes to underwriting, maybe like what deals are you looking for? Markets, uh, submarkets and your deals, uh, type of classes and why those exactly? Yeah, so I mean, you know, there's a bit of a demographic shift, right? As as people are retiring, they're getting to their 60s and, and retiring, um, and they, you know, there's been a bit of a, uh, you know, a flow to the south, right? Especially from like New York or New York State, some of those less, you know, even California people are moving out because the taxes are going kind of kind of high there. Um, so there's that. There's also, you know, the millennials um, that got stuck with huge credit cards, sorry, with huge uh, um, student loan debt. A lot of people have a lot of debt and that it's really a drag on their ability to go out and buy that first house. And so we've seen that demographic tend to rent longer uh, and tend to want certain amenities and, stuff and so forth, right? So, so that's driving some demand too. And also, you know, unfortunately, um, you have that working class, you know, the people that work at the Walmart, McDonald's, or whatever, they just can't, um, they can't go out and save up that money for that house or whatever. So they are stuck renting, you know, that renter by necessity. They're stuck doing that, which has got, it's not good for the country, uh, uh, you know, overall, but if you have that product, if you have that working class uh, workforce housing, then, you know, you have a, you have a steady pool of customers, if you will. And mm. So 
yeah, that's yeah. kind of what we've been seeing. Awesome, awesome. It's not good for the banks. That's what it's not good for. Because the banks, <laughs> right. you know, they're they're not getting money if if there are people not taking on mortgages and you know not buying houses. But you know, it, it's becoming a renters nation for sure. Because I heard that many times, people saying like people are more looking towards renting instead of buying because it just you know makes sense because people again coming back to the freedom thing like people want that like they don't want the headaches for 30 years paying the mortgages down and it's like you have to like you know the story like mow the grass and like take care of the roof and like all of those like it's it's boring so (laughs) when it comes down to the due diligence uh again the second thing that that you do maybe you can you know, tell people again, because I think, you know, from people like myself, because I, I told that to all the guests, look, look, I'm not looking to be active, like, probably never, because like, <laughs> you know, I had to, one of the guests uh, on his show, and they own big portion, they own a lot of real estate, like assets under management currently, they're going to hit a billion this year. Wow. So, you know, and I said, look, and he's been passive all the entire time. And I was like, look, it makes sense, you know, so again, and all I'm asking all these questions because I think, you know, passive investors, you know, some of those are like very sophisticated and they want to just know these questions. So it's not even just for the audience who are looking to get involved into real estate. It's for me as well. I'm just curious to find these things out. So for the due diligence process, maybe you can take us through and explain like what the things are you're looking for and like the ways you're, you're increasing the value for the properties. Like what's the steps in, in that process? Yeah, so you know, we get an, uh, you know an offering memorandum from a broker, right? We take, we always look at what's the the trailing twelve, the T twelve. What what has the property been doing, right? You know, income, expenses. We kind of look at, hey, are the in, you know, what's the income current relating uh, compared to what the market should be doing? You know, let's say they're renting for eight hundred dollars, but similar properties in the neighborhoods uh, are renting for thousand. Well, we can see there's an upside there, right? We kind of look at that. And we also look at the expenses. Are the expenses reasonable for that type of property? We typically want to see, you know, 45 to 50% expense ratio. That's, that's pretty common. So sometimes if you see something that's running at 70% expenses, I've seen that. You're like, okay, what's going on here, right? Is the owner funneling other expenses through their business? Like their, you know, their car and their house and their, vacation <laughs> sometimes you see that uh you know or sometimes you see really really low expenses like can i really go in and do this uh and i run that property in the same way so you can very quickly go through all the line items and then kind of normalize them and see you know so things you can't control like your taxes and your utilities are they kind of are what they are like your management your repairs you get a good feel for How's this property running? And you see, okay, if I go and buy it to now, today, is it even going to cash flow? Like, is there any, is there any returns on the price? And then you look, you know, you don't want to go and pay for what the property can do. You want to have like at least it should do okay right now. And then any upside is what is what you can earn. That's the risk you're taking on, right? Right now, you're seeing a lot of deals that are selling, you know, on a pro forma, pro forma basis said, Oh yeah, if you do all this stuff, it will make, you know, be a six or seven cap, but that's like, okay, I got to put a million dollars into it or two. And then I may make this kind of money in a couple of years. That's a lot of risk there. So you have to kind of find that. I don't like to take on all that risk because you then, you know, you have to really do all that work to make it, to make it happen. But uh, now you're also not going to go and find that eight cap deal anywhere. Uh, you know, a seven or six, it's going to be, 
it's always trying to find that balance. So, I mean, we are on a contract right now to do um, 127 units. And we looked at it, we said, okay, if we just go and buy it the way it is, it actually does pretty well, six, 7% cash on cash return. Um, we just do that, operate it as it is, no problem. It wouldn't be a great deal, but also wouldn't be a bad deal. We said, okay, so that's, so that's kind of step one. Then we said, okay, what if we go in and spend about $5,000 per door what can we do with this property? And we realized, okay, we looked at neighboring properties and we can raise the rents by about $100 to $130 over the next couple of years by putting that cap, capital back into the deal, right? And suddenly it's like, oh, now it actually makes sense. We raise some more money, we increase the rents, and suddenly, you know, in a year or two, our cash on cash return will rise, you know, eight, nine, 10%. You know, so, so what is the, you just have to be creative. You have to see what can you do to make this a better deal than but don't buy something that that won't work out of the gate because if, if your strategy fails, then you're in trouble. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're playing with other people's money, I mean, it's uh, like, yeah, you have to be super cautious about, you know, underwriting and, you know, like the business plan and yeah, all those things. So is, is it the, the, the C property that you're buying, the 127 uh, unit? Yeah, so it's a... I, actually, I haven't been on site yet. I'm going next week, um, but it's it's probably a C C plus uh, in a probably a B market, I and mean, that's kind of my bread and butter. Butter. I mean, I really like the B areas just because you have you know you better we want to be the, the 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 cheaper property in the nicer area versus yeah. the expensive property in the bad area, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you mentioned that you, you mentioned the five 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 k per unit price, so I just assumed it's a it's a C property. Uh, so is it in New Mexico or Colorado? Which which one? Of well, these? so here's the that's the interesting part, right? You were asking kind of about markets, and my personal market is I mean I am I am in Colorado. I've invested mostly in New Mexico, Albuquerque, because that's the, the closest biggest city to where I'm at. Yeah. But this is actually in it's in Pennsylvania. It's actually up in Northwestern Pennsylvania. Um, and then you'd be like, why would I invest there? Well, a couple of things, right? Um, it's a very, it's a stable market. It's a smaller market, but it's super stable cash flow market. It hasn't really, it's a tertiary market. It hasn't really seen any big increases or dips in many years. This means mm -hmm. that we can go in and buy properties at a, at, a, at a good value, good cap rate off the bat, right? And my partner up there, he already owns, he's there, food's on the grounds. He already owns, I think, 700 units that he's built a portfolio. Mm -hmm. So he's there, he knows the market, and he feels, you know, there's, there's no competition from a bunch of new construction coming in. So we just take an existing asset in a stable market, we put some money into it, we improve it, and it's just going to be kind of a, you know, a steady cash flowing deal. It won't appreciate very quickly, but, you know, okay, you know, throw up good returns. We did a deal there last year, 205 units uh, in that same market, and it's done really well. So we feel like, hey, we'll continue to put invest in that. Um, that being said, I've also done a deal in Phoenix. This is a totally different market, right? Um, but it's a little bit more. I would say we're you know speculating that uh, you know the the growth and demand is going to continue to be there because it does need that needs a little bit more help. It's not just kind of a yeah. a stable asset right so so what, what are you looking in the market before you're making these investment decisions 
Yeah, so again, either two things, right? Is this a stable cash flow market that we can go in and just operate a deal the way it is? Or is it an appreciating market where we can kind of ride the wave of appreciation and, and, and demographic shifts, right? So again, Phoenix, like one of the fastest growing metros in the country. We've seen people from California move there, people from all kinds of places and companies moving in. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of momentum there. We feel like that momentum has a few more years to, to grow and, and uh, mm -hmm. just, just kind of ride in that way. But also we've also seen prices go up like crazy. So we are lucky or able to get a good deal there. Um, so I like those markets, but I don't want to put all my money or my investors money into something that's a little bit more speculative. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, um, you know, you've seen that, you know, seen the Dallas, uh, Fort Worth and another growing market, Atlanta and, and so forth. Right. So we have some deals in those areas, but then also, Hey, if you're looking for a little bit longer term, you know, seven years, you just want to put your money there and they'll just kind of grow. Not as quickly. We like those, those like tertiary kind of just cash flowing markets, right? Especially in the Midwest, because it's just, you know, it's just cash flow and that's that works great for people as well, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. De definitely, you know, the, that's why, again, a lot of people love multifamily business. And now we see a lot of people getting involved into multifamily business. It's because of that simple reason. I mean, it provides passive income. It provides the cash flow. You're buying a business. You're not buying a single single family home or, and you're not dependent on that one tenant, you know, with that one person or a family who, who knows what's going to happen again in the downturn because you have to position ahead and kind of a thing like what's going to happen. Now times are good, but again, you just have to be cautious and make make the decisions like when it comes to underwriting, like, oh, like worst case scenario most of the time, I guess. Absolutely. So, for the people, again, who are watching this and thinking like, Martin, you're just talking about how should I invest passively? Okay, let's touch something, you know, from an active standpoint. Uh, again, a lot of brand new people and I see a lot of people uh, offering the mentorships and, you know, like education from an educational standpoint. So should somebody go and get an, um, a mentor like from a get-go if they're looking to start the business? Are uh, you talking mostly as an active or as a passive investor then? From an from a active standpoint, if I'm looking okay. at the, yeah, in the business, but I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the way I did it, right, and I can turn, speak from personal experience, I mean, I bought a couple of small properties by myself. and I had some local mentors, just, you know, a buddy who had done it, a broker, that, that was not a formal relationship in the sense that I was paying them for coaching. I was like, hey, what do you think about this deal? I'm underwriting and we decide, yeah, that seems, that looks good. But I was only putting my own money at risk there, right? So that worked out. I learned some things along the way and stuff. But then I was like, I want to go, when I first learned about syndicating, I was like, that's what I want to do. It was like, no question asked. But I also realized I'm taking on so much more risk. I'm taking on people's money. I need to know what I'm doing. I need to surround myself with people that are involved in, have done these things. Can, guide me, can give me feedback and help me underwrite and stuff. So I did join a coaching mentorship program. Um, you know, it's been two and a half, three years ago now. And it's really escalated. I've really uh, accelerated my growth to another level. Uh, yeah, there's money involved, but hey, anything that's worth, it's really not, you have, don't look at the price, the cost for it. Look at the benefit, look at the value you get out of it, right? So it's not, you really have to think about that. Um, and then just going to events and surrounding myself with people that are, 
have done what I want to do, like up level your your thinking. You know, you, that thing about you're the average of the five people you hang out with and, and so forth, right? That's the common one. Yeah. And if you surround yourself with people that have done syndications that have owned you know hundreds of units, you either have two choices. You either try to up level to their level or you get out, right? And Either way, you you will change your mindset and say, hey, this is for me. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Or it's like, well, this is not something I have the ability to do, so I'm going to get out, right? And I just, I felt like, okay, let me work with these people. Let me learn from them. Let me just grow with them. And it's been a really great um, path forward. So I guess long story short, if you want to be active, find yourself a mentor or a coach and stuff like that. And I've I've moved into that. I do actually do some coaching too for newer investors that want to get into it, either buying their own stuff, do their syndication, because I'm really yeah. passionate about it. And I feel like I've learned enough to to um, help people just get organized and get hold them accountable and, and so forth. So that's uh, another really uh, exciting path of, or, or part of my business now to help people do that. Yeah, de- definitely agree. Because I mean, education is everything in this business, and like surrounding yourself with the right people definitely great advice i mean there's this one is definitely you cannot skip it i mean coming back to free content there's a lot of that you know available podcast youtube videos you know blog posts you you name it i mean there's stuff out there that you can grab for free but if you want to go further faster i mean mentorships is is definitely one way to to go so like for you personally coming back to your position because Again, where you were uh, an employee, you're working for this company, you're doing great, but they don't teach you anything about business mindset and how to underwrite, raise capital for deals. I mean, it's, it's you just do day-to-day tasks, they're kind of boring, same stuff, routine. So like, how long did it took for you to pull the trigger and say like, listen, like I'm going, like I'm stepping in on, on this thing? Yeah, I mean, and I actually do. Uh, I actually do still have a W two job that I'm trying to get out of this summer. So I am doing both things right now, but I'm getting very close. So, <laughs> um, but you're right about the thing. You don't. Te- they don't. Nobody teaches you how to run your own business or how to raise capital or do all those things, right? So it is. That is again looking. You know, kind of like success leaves clues, right? Somebody else has already done that. You just. You just talk to people and say, okay, what was your path, right? What did you do to get there? Everybody's done it very differently, right? Some have just built their own portfolio. That was enough. Other people went straight into syndication. So you got to feel like what's, what's, what, what rings true to you, right? Well, and what team can you join? Because this is a team sport and, you know, these syndications I've been involved in, that's not me going out and doing it myself, right? This is a part of a team and, you know, I had a small role in some of these initial syndications and now my role is growing because I learned more, my, my skill level is increasing, right? So it's just a slow adding value, right? And then I, you know, be the, you know, the next deal, the next couple of deals, I will be kind of the, the, the key sponsor on it and stuff like that, right? So it's just a matter of, of growing into it slowly and, and, and adding value. And a lot of people say, how can I get into it? It's like, well, figure out what is your, what is your unique skill set? We always have something we're good at. And usually the thing we're good at is the thing that comes most natural, naturally to us, right? <laughs> and I'm a very organized person who can make project plans and make sure all the details are taken care of. I don't really think about it, but just how I operate. And I was like, hey, 
And I've seen other people are much more like the big thinkers, the ideas. I say, that's great. Tell me what you want to do and I'll help you do it. Kind of thing. So that's how we can add value. It's like, where are we, what is our unique skill set and how can we help somebody else complement their skills? So that's what I really find. That's very good. That, that's very good advice. Actually, I never heard that before because, you know, I, I guess a lot of people, I'm just guessing, but maybe, maybe I'm right. Who knows? You, you guys tell me in the comments if I'm right or not. But I think a lot of people are just stepping on the things that they're not good at instead of following the, the whatever that is a gut feeling or intuition. You know, the thing is like maybe like I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to be good at that thing. And you just stick on that because, again, like syndication is a team sport. Right. So if you just know what you're good at and you find the people that, you know, will fill in the gaps that you're not good at. You know, you don't have to be the best in everything. I mean, this is, you know, a team sport. If you want to buy houses, you know, you can do that by yourself perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, you, that, that, that's what it is. I, I love the advice. I love that you said that. So, again, personal development. I know the mindset, everything. I just love that. And, again, I love the story. I love that you shared, like, going through that. I mean, you traveled, like, from your home country, London, like here. So, I mean, there's a lot happening in that time frame that we probably won't be able to discuss. It's just not enough time available in our hands. But, you know, again, like personal development throughout that time, that's what I'm thinking. When I'm thinking about you moving to, like through, through that time frame, I'm thinking like, because I'm looking at you right now and people are seeing you as a, you know, successful enough, you know, real estate guy who's having all these deals right now. And like, what was involved into that time frame? Because I know like one of the parts is the books. So uh, we mentioned the mentors. So maybe you can recommend three business or personal development books for people to go and grab from Amazon or somewhere bookstores. Yeah, so I think, and I really appreciate you getting into that because many years I was just like, ah, personal development is like, that's foo-foo and whatever, let's not go there. But I've totally changed my tune on that in the last few years, right? So um, you have to, you know, the most important thing you have really is, is your own capability and your mindset to go out and make things happen in the world, right? Yeah. If you don't have that, you really don't have anything. So I felt like when I started this journey, I was like, okay, I need to change who I am. I need to become this, I need to become somebody, I need to, to develop and become a new person. And really the most exciting thing about this journey is just developing myself, right? So some books around self-development specifically. I really like the, um, the Miracle Morning, Cal Elroy. I don't know if you heard yeah. that one. Yeah. Because, and I've, I've adopted that probably last three years, get up early in the morning and just spend some time thinking about, you know, my, not myself, but my development and who can I help today and what, what am I grateful for and what, what do I need to achieve today, tomorrow, this week? Just start the day in that manner. You know, I used to be the guy to roll out of bed, grab a cup of coffee and go to work. Now I have, you know, I'm up at 5 a.m. and I spend some time quietly, nobody you know, bothering me and really, really work on that. Because I think that sets the tone for the whole day. So that's a great thing, you know, yeah. um, just to start the day out right. So early early you, bird gets the worm. That's what they say. That's, right. you know, who says, that's what they say. So what would be the other books? Because I know people mentioning like real estate guys, they always, almost, almost always mentioning the rich dad, poor dad. So, you know, maybe we can skip that one. And like, what would be the other two books? You know, maybe mindset or real estate investing that you would Yes, have? I mean, from a mindset standpoint, the other one is um, the success principles. 
by uh, Jack Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield, got yeah, it. Yeah, the success principles. And um, I'm actually getting certified to be a success principle coach too, because that's wow. a lot about mindset as well, which is just, hey, take responsibility for your life. Yeah. Right? Anything that happens to you or you want to make happen in the world, that is up to you. It's no, not the economy, it's not the weather, it's not the government. Yeah. It is you, right? So a really just personal responsibility is just huge. So, so Jack Canfield, Love it. Success Principles. That's another hugely influential book for me. And then I think on a business standpoint, because I'm kind of the, it's not really specifically real estate, but it is around um, how to create a successful business. It's the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Uh -huh. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. I never yeah. read it, but I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is because I like, I like systems, right? We don't want to every day, it's like, oh, I'm doing a syndication. Hmm, how do I do this? Or oh, you've done three before. How you should probably know how to do it now. Yeah. So I have created even, and it's something you can, I'll be happy to share with your listeners and viewers. I've created That's a syndication awesome. checklist. Okay. That really goes through all the different steps you should consider when you're doing a syndication. Or even if you're a passive investor, you can look through this and say, oh, oh my God, there's 70 things on this list that you need to do. And maybe you can use it to ask your operator, well, how did you do X, right? And then yeah. give you, so we can share this, uh, um, we can share that with your listeners. And, and get that out. is awesome. Thank you very much. I, I told you this man is a, is a go-giver. So de definitely, you know, thank you. Thank, big thank you for that. I love that, that you said about the Jack Enfield and pursuing that. I mean, it just, you know, clarifies that you're here to provide the value for people. You're looking to improve your personal self. And that way you're going to give back, you know, contribute to society. I mean, and through real estate investing, because at the end of the day, that's just a vehicle to help other people, maybe who have, you know, the capital to invest and just to make sure that we help to reach those people goals. So that's what it is. It's just a vehicle for, you know, to help each other. So that is awesome. I love it. So maybe you can share some of your, uh, again, you mentioned, you know, going for the Jack Enfield's course and, you know, personal or business goals that you're looking to accomplish this year. Can you share some of that? Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned before, I still have a W2 job. So goal number one is to, uh, to exit that, right? Uh, you know, uh, that, that's definitely goal number one. Uh, number two is, you know, to, we are doing, you know, continue to do syndications. We got one deal on the contract. So I want to do, you know, three or four more deals. I can't really control how many, but really building that team and getting a bigger piece of, 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 uh, of the syndications we're doing, you know, just grow my influence on that. Um, you know, and then uh, the other one, um, kind of the third one is, so I do, you know, as I mentioned, I do some coaching and I have students that are, I want to help them grow and, and, and take more action. So a lot of people like, you know, the, the, the duplex, the fourplex, I said, no, no, let's not go there. You go out and you connect with the brokers. You underwrite the deals. And if you find a deal that matches our criteria, we'll help you syndicated so really my goal is to help you know two or three of my students to take down a 50 100 unit deal by co-sponsoring with them or actually you know bringing experience bringing some network bringing yeah. some some due diligence money to it so just helping other people be successful right because if we can achieve success through and with other people we just escalate and we just multiply our impact on on the world and each other right so that's that's kind of my other one right so so that's kind of three things, you know, I'm growing my coaching practice too, because that's something I really like. Uh, those are the yep. major things I'm looking at this year. 
Love it. Love it. That's, that's, you know, that will be a great closing here. I mean, for the show, but I have another question that I wanted to ask you, you know, but I just love that. Cause again, you know, just helping other people out. I mean, that, that, that's what it is because at the end of the day, like, you know, I know it's a, it's a, it's a business it, like money and everybody wants to get paid. And, but at the end of the day, when everybody's gone, like the deals are gone, cause they will be gone at some point, you know, there are bricks and you know, that's all it's going to like, you know, so, but people, when the, when people are going to be around, you know, generations from now, they're going to remember the events that took place, the people that somebody helped and, you know, like all those memories that they, they're still going to live on. So, so I, I love that, you, you know, impacting people, you know, in that way as well. So for that reason, you know, if people want to get in contact with you and just ask some, you know, again, questions about real estate investing, active, passive, maybe they are looking to be one of your, you know, coaching uh, people that would like to, you know, get some deals done, what will be social platforms that they can uh, get in contact with you? Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> excuse me. I think the best way to reach out to me is just through my email. That's Jens, J-E-N-S, at opendoorscapital.com. So that's opendoors with an S, capital.com, my website. And I also love to just give back by offering people a free call so they can go to my website, opendoorscapital.com slash call. And they can schedule a 20 minute free call with me. So I offer that up as kind of like my way to give back to people. So we can talk real estate, we can talk coaching and talk anything like that. I'm not, <laughs> this is probably something I need. I'm not super active on, I mean, obviously my LinkedIn is, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn there. Um, I can condense there, they can post capital. Yeah. Um, not super active on events of other social media. That's kind of one of the things I'm, yeah on a that's that's no worries we're gonna provide again guys you know as always click the links down below uh for the email and for linkedin I, again we connected through the facebook so facebook is there you know you can get in contact with the with jens through through there as well and uh you know just ask a bunch of questions make sure you do your due diligence don't come up and ask you know because this again the doors are still open you know, for this man, because he's, you know, willing to help the people, but he's getting busier and busier with the, with, with the things. So make sure that you're, you know, you're ready to go before you come in and talk with this man. So I just really appreciate the time and effort and the knowledge. And I love the story. You know, the story is, is not finishing here. I mean, it continues for you. So I wish you just the best of luck this year. I'm sure you're going to accomplish all the things that you planned out and more. Again, because you're a just great guy, have a great vibe, you know, great attitude and just looking to help other people along the way. So for those type of people, you know, things just always works out. So again, you know, just big thank you for, for being, you know, on the show. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Martin. That was great. I really appreciate that. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. And again, for the guys, uh, if you enjoyed the show as well as, as, you know, I did and I hope Jens did, you know, click the like, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends so other people can learn at the same time as well. The mindset, what it takes to invest in real estate and how to be successful in it. Again, get in contact with Jens and all the links down below. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you.